2020s have been off to a rough start. The question is, what does the future hold? Hello and welcome back to Back From Future Podcast. I'm Sir John Coacher and today we'll be predicting the events of the 2020s as a decade using the past as reference. So I'm going to go through this on a yearly basis, timeline style. Um, first of all, however, I'm going to recap the events of 2020 so far. Bear in mind that this was recorded in May 2020. So, first of all, of course, we had the Iran thing, where the US, everyone thought we were going to go to war with Iran. It was really funny, because everyone was making memes about it. But, in all seriousness, I didn't think it was ever going to happen, mainly because if the US wants a land invasion of uh, the... Iran, um, they would obviously lose. So everyone, I everyone thought it was going to happen. I didn't, but it ended up not happening. Obviously. Then we had coronavirus. Um, that was a big one. That started in about. That all kicked off at the start of like March 2020. Uh, that was a big hit. And then in April or May 2020, Kim Jong-un nearly died, no one really knows where he is anymore, but people think nowadays he's not dead, that's all blown over, but at the time people thought that Kim Joo-a, Kim Kim Yo-jong or Kim Sol-sung were going to overtake, they didn't because he might not be dead now, Um, but he probably died of a failed heart surgery, that's what everyone thought. And yeah, now it's May 2020, still year of the coronavirus lockdown, um... And we're quickly seeing faults in populism, but I mean, we'll get onto that later. So, first of all, on my prediction timeline, we have the remainder of 2020. And at the time of writing, it is mid-May 2020, so the obvious thing everyone will be asking about in this period is coronavirus. Coronavirus is predicted to continue to cause damage as a virus until early 2021, and only then will the economic dust clear and will the economic damage become apparent. Coronavirus will cause a huge economic depression, worse than 2008, worse than the early 80s, this would be comparable to the 1930s. And there are two ways this can possibly go. Inflation or deflation. Inflation will come because world governments borrowing money. However, before this, we will see populism fall after populist rulers, due to, uh, populist, populist rulers began to sort of crack due to their bad handling of the virus, and their populist followings will begin to see their faults. Leaders such as Boris Johnson, Donald Trump, Jair Bolsonaro, Narendra Modi, Viktor Oblan, they will be kicked from government and replaced with more boring but more skilled people like Keir Starmer. Then. When the ruling parties are voted out due to the downfall of populism, this debt will have to be paid off. It will be passed from the populist government to the new, more skilled government. This will cause the governments to have to print money to pay for the debt. Seeing as we're no longer in the golden standard, there's nothing to prevent governments from doing this. This means that the currency will be worth less, causing inflation and hyperinflation. We actually saw this a few times recently, with the election of the Tory government about 10 years ago, with the handover of power from the Labour government. We also saw it with the handover from Hugo Chavez to Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. Chavez boosted the economy, making better schools, healthcare and housing. However, he rested the economy in oil prices. This meant that when the oil prices crashed and Maduro came to power, the country collapsed. Maduro then has to deal with this, but hasn't really handled that well because he's an authoritarian dictator, ignorant of the people. 
Another example of inflation is Weimar Germany, with the German mark becoming nearly worthless, and even more recently Mugabe Zimbabwe, with the currency becoming worthless. The other route would be deflation. Since everyone will have less money due to, extended job to an extended period of decreased or no income, they will not be able to afford to hire, therefore there will be job shortages. This means that shops and vendors will have to decrease the prices of, the it of items as the demand falls, as prices will soon become unaffordable. An example of this was the Great Depression, or more recently the 2008 financial meltdown. An example of this in a the aftermath of this on a micro scale will be a lack of salaried jobs. Most extremely high paying jobs will disappear, so the only way to make millions would be to have a secure job and use that to fund entrepreneurial ventures, so only a very few will get very lucky. So that will be the main event of the next few years. This could be from 2021 to 2022, or it could last as long as 2021 to 2026. No one really knows. The next main event is what happens when the populist governments fall. This would trigger an early continuation of a political cycle. The political cycle is a cycle of populations voting for populist leaders, realising they're useless, then going back to boring leaders before wanting populism again because their leaders are boring. Therefore, there will be much turnover in politics. Keir Starmer, Joe Biden, Hillary Clinton will all rise in popularity. However, you might still see fascism in the world, with rising fascist tendencies in Romania, Poland, France, India and the US. The next main thing we need to look at is separatism, unionism and invading forces. This is the fun stuff. It's how the territorial landscape of the world will change, or how much that map on your wall will become outdated. We will start with the most notable mo movements in my mind. Most likely to gain independence is Catalonia. Catalan independence is, is overwhelmingly popular. Catalonia overwhelmingly voted for independence, but the post-Franco Spanish government declared the referendum illegitimate. Another referendum was held and the same thing happened. And because of this, the tensions are really high between Catalan and Spanish government. This will likely boil over at some point in the near future. Catalan independence will probably spark other separatist movements within Iberia, with Basque countries needing wanting independence, and uh, various other regions wanting independence, such as Andalusia and Aragon. Catalonia has a booming economy of resorts for British expats. Because of this good economy, we might even see other regions of Spain joining Catalonia. So Spain will likely get much smaller, and maybe even collapse into regional states. Next we have the Russian annexation and creation of breakaway states in Eastern Europe and the Caucasus. Putin's tactic to annex Eastern Europe is to encourage separatism in places like Moldova and Ukraine, and then annex these weak breakaway states. Maps don't show up, but Russia has already pretty much annexed the eastern half of Ukraine, Moldova, and also the northern parts of Georgia. Another example of this is the Russo-Georgian War of 2008 in which the Russians fought the Georgian army and encouraged Abkhazian and South Ossetian independence from Georgia. They still haven't annexed South Ossetia or Abkhazia, but may in the near future, and are giving them a lot of economic support so that they can fight off the Georgian government. Another development could be the Belarusian prospects of unifying with Russia. In 1996, the Belarusians and Russians proposed to potentially unite in the future. The Kazakhs also proposed this in 1994 as both Belarus and Kazakhstan were pro-communist. 
This Belarusian plan has evolved over the years, but America keeps getting in the way of it, as they want to stop Russia from gaining land and power. So it's very possible that Russia could in the near future have much more territory than it currently has, with land in Georgia, Moldova, Ukraine and Belarus, and maybe even Kazakhstan. However, Russia is facing a crisis. It literally has too much land, and too small a population to populate it. It actually costs them money to own this land. Also, the oil in Siberia is inaccessible as the temperatures can reach minus 40 degrees Celsius. Therefore, Russia might cede these lands to Siberian separatists and natives. Another prospect is Greater Mongolia, a proposed state with all Mongolian territory plus some Siberian territory which is historically and ethnically Mongol. So Russia could get more European land, but lose its Siberian land. Other interesting examples of invasion, invasion movements are in the Middle East. Examples of this include Turkey invading Iraq and Syria, another is Israel's invasion of Palestine and the West Bank, and notably is the Saudi invasion of Yemen, which will likely succeed with the Saudis having American backing. The Turkish movement is problematic as they are taking land from two sovereign states under the cover of fighting ISIS. Also, this prevents Kurdish independence, which was squandered by Erdogan's invasion, ISIS and its caliphate, and various wars in the region. So Turkey and Saudi Arabia are going to get much bigger. A country which will grow both territory and economically is Venezuela. With Middle Eastern oil wells drying up quickly, Venezuela might well be the last oil oasis left. This could give it leverage over the rest of the surrounding countries, particularly as Venezuela has claimed territory in Guyana and Brazil. However, on the other hand, Venezuela might collapse due to Maduro's hyperinflation because of Hugo Chavez. The next prediction of these the next prediction is divisionist movements. In recent years, many countries have decided that they are failed states. They basically just don't work and shouldn't exist. Basically, most of these states are post-colonial states which have been fighting civil wars because the white imperialists who couldn't draw without a ruler drew lines regardless of ethnicity. A prime example of this is Libya. Libya has been fighting a civil war between the pro-GNC East Libyans and the anti-GNC West Libyans, with other southern factions fighting as well. However, there are other divisionist movements and separatist movements in various countries that weren't colonies of European powers. A prime example is Belgium which historically never should have existed. It is comprised of Flanders in the north, which wants to unite with Netherlands, and Wallonia in the south, wanting French unification or the Raticism. Another is the UK. I believe we could very easily see an independent Scotland within the next decade. However, in my mind, the most interesting country of all is China. China is a bit of a weird one because it is gaining territory in Central Asia as we speak, in Tajikistan and Kyrgyzstan, but on the other hand, its population are getting restless and are revolting. It is on the brink of collapse and on the brink of conquering an entire subcontinent simultaneously. Personally, I believe it is likely that Chinese communism might well collapse this decade. Communism has a lifespan of about 80 or so years. After this time, the people begin to get restless, because at the 70 or 80 year mark, a bad leader always is bound to come in. In the USSR's case, it was Gorbachev being too liberal. In China's case, it would probably be Xi Jinping being too authoritarian, reversing years of progress in taking Hong Kong and Macau, and placing troops in Kyrgyzstan and Tajikistan. Therefore, China's time might well be up. So what do you guys think? 
This obviously an impenuate an opinionated and completely undefined topic as none of this has happened yet and some of it may never happen. Please comment on my Instagram what you think. So now we have the week in news, the section where I, Sajan Kocha, look at last week's news, this week's news and make predictions for the next week's news using history as reference points. So in this week's news we have three main items. First of all, in the UK we have Dominic Cummings drove all the way to Durham from his home in Islington, which is about 250 miles I think, uh, with coronavirus symptoms and his wife has coronavirus symptoms, just so that his elderly parents could give his him help with childcare, which is pretty ridiculous. 71% uh, of people who's, who were surveyed said they disapproved of this and government approval ratings have dropped by 25%. Uh, it's pretty much a car crash, he's been flamed in the news, but he thinks he can bring it back, which is quite naive of him, and he honestly thinks he can save his reputation, which is like it's beyond that point now. So, secondly, we have Hong Kong, um, the Chinese government implementing new Chinese laws on Hong Kong, which restrict their democratic freedoms and make a more Maoist style of government in Hong Kong. And finally, we have Donald Trump has been telling people to take malaria drugs, which actually increase risk of, of heart problems. And him being morbidly obese, in the words of Nancy Pelosi, um, taking these drugs himself could be quite dangerous, less alone telling other people to do it. But hey, it's a development from telling people to drink bleach. So that's it for this week, folks. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed the season. Look forward to you guys hearing season three. It's going to be big. Like my Instagram, follow me on Back From Future Podcast, at Back From Future Podcast on Instagram. And yeah, you might hear some background noise, I just got a dog, so it's it's a bit more hectic around the house. But yeah, go follow me, tune in, stay tuned, I'm not going anywhere, or I'll take a two, three week break, then I'll bring it back with season three, stay tuned for that. And yeah, go listen to season two, season one if you haven't already.